Hello. Hello. Welcome back to TNS Chat. Chat with Harry and Pat. Woohoo! No, this is we're putting this to bed now, Harry. Right? <laughs> the podcast is officially Tina Chat with Harry and Pat, aka Zara. Okay, it's it's that is what it is now. We're not going to talk about it every time that we come in. That is that is just it. And in the future episodes, if you listen and think, who the hell is Pat? You're going to have to go back and find out why, right? We're not going to explain it every time. But yes, um. the, 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 the only reason <laughs> I'm addressing it now is yesterday in one of our dance classes, we were speaking to one of our pupils. Hi, Holly, if you're listening. Um, Hi, Holly. <laughs> and she was talking about the podcast and I was like, who's Tina Chatwood? And she was like, Harry and Pat. And it, it oh. is just... <laughs> It, it just is now. I'm not mad about it. I don't know why you're so mad about it because it's not even your name that's no, changed. No, I just, so. I've, I've tried to fight, you know, for the authenticity of who we are and I've lost, so I'm disappointed about that. Harry and Pat, a.k.a. Zara. That's fine. Everyone knows it's me. You see, you've changed that in fairness. You know, it's, you've always just said Harry and Pat. You haven't said anything about it. I'm the one who's been reinforcing your name. Okay, well, we'll compromise. It's going to be <laughs> tea in a chat with Harry and Pat. Take a breath. A.K.A. Sarah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Can we just, despite you saying this, that we will never, you know, we will never start the podcast like this again, we have already recorded podcasts that are not, that are oh, going to come out future. after this, where we have had this conversation. Again. Again. So... It will come back. <laughs> but you're, if you if you listen to future podcasts and think, well, that's an old one that they recorded because they talk about Harry and Pat, then you're you're a real guy, you know. Like you, you're you're a Tina Chat stan. In like fairness, the podcasts I'm referring to, they both have guests on. So we've got a couple more guests. We've had we had Daniel mm. last week, mm-hmm. which is accurate <laughs> considering we record these podcasts out of order yeah. order um but we've got a couple more and we'll get onto the drinks in a minute Sarah. don't you worry <laughs> sorry for slurping we'll, i've totally lost what i was saying the, the, the guests so we've yeah had we have to explain it to them because it's like yeah oh, especially like the most recent guests we recorded we had to sort of you know, that's someone I knew and you didn't know. And yeah. I'm not going to introduce you as Pat because that's not your name. Yeah, and then you, you we do the intro. It's like, welcome to Tina Chat with Harry yeah, and Pat. And they're like, like, what? Uh, what is going on? Anyway, um, well, if they listen to the podcast, they would know. So I've decided if anyone whoa, doesn't know who Pat whoa, is, it's whoa. their problem. Let's not get aggressive about this. I'm not aggressive. You're going to see me get aggressive. This is all. This is not being edited out. Just letting you know. <laughs> this is this is authentic Zara. Can you hear my itching? Yeah, can you hear your itching? I had a scratch. I mean, an itch that needed to scratch. <laughs> anyway, you're, you're not like this with guests. <laughs> no, I Tisha, Tisha, Tisha. Um, <laughs> let's move on to our drinks, Harry. Let's move on to our drinks, which actually our very last guest of this. Uh, well, last guest that we have on this series, we forgot to talk about drinks, but no. she did have one. Yeah, I know. All right, here's the deal. So this will the the podcast we're referring to will come out near Christmas. Yeah, I think it's scheduled to come out on the eighth or tenth of right. December. The the f- 
second Friday of December, I think. Yeah, so it's coming out in the future time. But I... We we did the intro, we were chatting about Pat, LOL, and then I thought, he's not done his drinks, but he's moved on. And I didn't want to interrupt you because you were in your flow. Oh, but yeah. I remembered. And then I seen her drinking and I thought, that's so horrible if she's listened to the podcast, knew that we brought a drink every time as well. Because I normally I tell our guests to bring a drink, and I forgot to put that in her email. Well, that's so all right then. I feel like that that if you'd put that and I'd not said anything, that that would have been worse. <laughs> if she's listened to it before and we've not asked her about a drink, then that's that's just still on me. Hi, Catherine. Sorry. We hope you enjoyed your drink, and we hope it was tea. <laughs> no, but we. Did we have drinks then? Yeah, darling. We always actually. I had a Pepsi. Well, that was it, that's a that's a curve. That was it? a change, and that's another reason I didn't say because I thought, oh, I thought he doesn't want to acknowledge the fact we've got because it's the only time <laughs> we filmed a podcast in the evening. We usually do them in the morning, so we've got a bit more hot drink vibes. But we had dinner time vibe drinks. So <laughs> the more. Uh, switched on listeners there we do just record the podcasts we don't film them <laughs> you need to get lost right let's get into this now no you actually you say that all the time you know and i always think this filming. and i never say anything yeah well you, you are kind of filming them with your mouth no we ain't filming know. nothing <laughs> christmas special though yes that one we will we're film gonna film that just because christmas ho, ho. jumpers what uh, uh, that should just be fun. I think that'll just be funny. Yeah. I wonder if that was picked up. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, but there was a ship that just... <laughs> just blew its horn. Anyway, to the drinks, you know. Oh my God, this is going to be such a long podcast. So, today I have a lukewarm chai latte. That's because I made it and then there was a, a natural disaster... <laughs> Which meant that the chai was not consumed at the time it was intended. No, no one's fault. Any girls out there are all right. I opened up my hey, eyeshadow. Not just girls. Yeah, that's actually very rude of me. Anyone out there who wears makeup will know. Um, I opened up my eyeshadow palette, and it had been travelling with us last weekend. And one of the like little square things had smashed and broken. And when I opened it, all the brown eyeshadow as well went all over a cream carpet. So. I had to clean, clean, clean. Yeah, it's fair enough. It's just an accident, isn't it? So what can you do? So you've got a lukewarm chai. Is it still... Is it it's okay? actually freaking delicious. You love a chai tea. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Chai tea latte? Is that what they I call? think that's what they call It's just like a... Uh, it's mostly frothy, milk, isn't it? Frothy uh, tea. Yeah. I have a peppermint tea in a, in a newly featured mug of this podcast. I don't think this mug's been on the podcast before. This is a mug you bought How me. How would we know? Well, I'm just assuming. We've chatted about mugs very briefly, okay? And Holly, hi again, mentioned <laughs> that we brought up mugs, so once or twice. I think we've done it a couple of times. Okay, well, what mug do you have now? I have a love. This is a lovely mug that you've bought me that you're yeah. getting very aggressive about. I don't know what's going on today. <laughs> With a peppermint tea in it. It's, a, it's actually quite a popular mug amongst uh, guests, guests to this household. Uh, it's just a nice blue mug. It's cool, it's like... It's got like a, a bigger bottom and a thinner top, but... Not by much. Is that me? <laughs> Joking. That's <laughs> <laughs> <was> a joke. <laughs> no, mm. but it's like a bit like clay vibes. It's been painted and varnished. It's oh, nice. Yeah. It is lovely. And it's like kind of blue, but like f- there's like faded elements to it. Was yeah. it always like that? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice mug. 
I got yeah. from Neon Sheep, if anyone wants to know, but I don't think it's a shop anymore. Or maybe it is, I don't know. Neon Sheep. Anyway, my mug is also a popular one with our guests, if our guest is my mum. And <laughs> it is black with stars and the moon. It is. The moon. From Edinburgh, that mug. From Edinburgh. I just did like a really bad Scottish accent. Yeah, you don't need to put on an accent for where you've grown up and you're from. I just mimicked people's bad Scottish accents that's, um, in Edinburgh. Yeah, you've been down in England too long, apparently. I know, that's it. We're moving. Okay. <laughs> right. This is That's 20 minutes of your life and everyone getting back, yeah. so let's move on. Welcome to the pod. Yay! So today's episode is about identity in the industry. Uh, now I actually I'll just I'm gonna just put it out there I might probably will still say things because I think I got a bit confused about what I interpreted this as I don't think you got confused I think maybe when we we set out to plan this podcast Mm. we went at it from two different angles which I think is fine that's it's yeah it's going to mean different things to different people the angle that uh, we we that you were talking about after I'd done a bit of planning and I was like, oh, actually, maybe this isn't right. <laughs> is, yeah, is this the, always right. Is the better angle and more about, I think, what this podcast is also about. Mm. Um, so, you know, w- without further ado, let's just get into it. So identity in the industry, what does that mean? So in my eyes, yes, I see identity in the industry as like, who are you? And in a sense, I mean that, at like the very core of of your being of your being who are you what excites you what do you like to do what do you what jobs do you want to do what skills do you have that you enjoy doing what so I'll explain this a bit more I think for me when you go to and again I always speak from more of a dance perspective but you can let me know if it was the same for you. When you go to a um, performing arts school or dance school and you're training for those three years, I feel like you're put in this little box, whether it be intentional or unintentional. You're in this little bubble, in this little box of... We're we're training you and we're producing a product to go out there in the industry and get a job. Now, Mm -hmm. for me, where I trained... What that looked like was we we trained all the time and the ideas that you would leave if you were like really serious about dancing you would either move down to London or you would travel blooming a hundred times a week down to London to do London editions for things like cruise ships. Again I'm speaking from dance course because I'm sure we had different courses, they're all different, but to do things like cruise ships or I don't know, some commercial work or whatever. Um and that that's just how it was like it, that's that was what was put on a pedestal and everyone who mm-hmm. left and graduated and was seen as quote-unquote successful were people who went away to do those kind of jobs really um and there was other jobs like certain jobs I won't say what they are because to me it means nothing but that people would have that were seen as somewhat lesser than or whatever right right and I graduated knowing that I was I wasn't really sure at the time 
what I wanted to do. Actually, I don't think that's true. I don't think I was honest with myself what I wanted to do. Right. But I just sort of knew I wanted to move down to London. I wanted to see what the London scene was about. I wanted to experience additions and whatever. But I... Deep down in my gut was like, I don't really want to go away on a cruise ship for nine months. <laughs> you know? And the thing is, I'm not saying I wouldn't have done it and I wouldn't have enjoyed it and I wouldn't have experienced it, but I... That's never been... That's what I was... That's what I taught through going to where I trained. That That's through, That's what I was learned. That's what I was taught and that's what <laughs> I learned. <laughs> yeah. Through being there is what I wanted to do, even though that wasn't really my truth my identity my who I was so mm. I was going into these addition rooms that maybe weren't necessarily right for me because deep down it wasn't really what I wanted to do and I wasn't being honest with myself and in in that was a a sort of became this feeling of well I'm not good enough I'm not I don't really know what I want to be doing I don't know who I am I'm walking into these rooms giving people a wishy-washy version of myself because Mm -hmm. I was trying to tick everyone else's boxes before I was ticking mine Mm -hmm. I spoke a lot does that make any sense (laughs) that absolutely makes sense (laughs) yeah I think there's a lot of I think sort of as performers we are inherently somewhat conditioned to not always but I think there's a probably more of a majority that you've kind of got to grab near enough every job that is presented to you or opportunity oh um, my god uh, <laughs> I have so many feelings about that I, do you agree with that absolutely uh, not but no as in I, do you agree I, with the you feel like that is a thing oh it definitely is a thing yeah and I actually I say absolutely not like that but I mean I think it depends on the person. I think yeah. if you just want to experience everything and take every job, why not? But I think there's nothing wrong with being choosy. Yeah, being selective, <laughs> choosing what you want to do. But that is that is what you, that's you being true to your identity mm. within the industry, and that's the point, isn't it? Because if you're if you are the wanting to like you say try everything do everything you're not averse to being like yeah i'll i'll do this i'll do that i'll Mm -hmm. do whatever that is great then go do those things that's it's not right or wrong to do anything that it's just we as you know harry and zara believe that fulfill what feels good to you and Mm -hmm. i think that's all we're about just in life anyway so that is the priority so that will then naturally lend itself to do I want to be in a musical not really but I keep getting put for musicals then you've got to take action to change that say actually I want to do more plays or more whatever I do actually remember vividly being told by different agents and whoever like when you do workshops whatever Mm. like when you're as a dancer when you're first setting out in the industry you have to take every job and once you get a bit of a name for yourself once you you've got a few more credits and whatever then you can be choosy and I remember really feeling that like pressure when I came out from training being like well you get offered this job I don't really want to do it but I just have to go away for six months and do this thing I don't want to do and be unhappy for six months Mm. just so it's a thing on my do you know what I mean it's just never aligned with who I am and I've I've always said I would rather have worked less as a performer and just do the jobs I like 
then work constantly as a performer and have to do the jobs I don't want to do as well. Neighbour's dog agrees with you. Yeah, thanks for it. Maybe it's Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I I agree with that. The thing, I don't know whether this differs maybe from a dancing background to Mm. an acting background, but I, I do not feel that you have to get a load of little jobs under your belt to then get something that is a bit more desirable. Because for me, particularly if those jobs are unrelated, it makes no difference. Because mm. if I was to go and do a load of, I don't know, if I was, for again, this is an example. So if I was to be in two or three small-scale musicals or something, but what I really wanted to do was a big feature film, there's, that, that doesn't make, like, no. there's no, yes, there's still performance things and they might be good, but it doesn't really show that my I've got a camera skill set. Does yeah. that make sense? So, I think as well it's about being aware and on, so again, we'll get more into identity and industry in a minute. We've gone off on a bit of a tangent, but this is why it's so important to know who you are in the industry because that will help you decide which opportunities are going to be right for you and where you want to go so if you get offered a job say say I don't your 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 dream is to be in a big feature film right Mm -hmm. with this specific director and that's what it is and you see that there's a casting for an advert that's done by this director and it's maybe you wouldn't have chosen to do adverts but it's a way to get seen by them that wouldn't be wrong for you to take that does that make sense? Yeah, well, that's actually kind of something I was going to say earlier as well. Like, there's such a thing as workshops that mm. casting directors do and whatever. And if you know, if, like, casting directors are catch, casting particular in styles of things or whatever that you want to be a part of, then go to that workshop. Mm. Like, you don't need to try and get into an audition room because you're not always going to be right for what's being auditioned for. Exactly. It's, a, it's more of a finite thing. So to actually go and show that you're actively working towards something as well looks good mm. rather than just trying to pick up an audition because that's not realistic because yeah. you don't know that that's going to happen. Um, and it's about taking control. One thing that popped into my head though talking about this is that we do talk a lot about knowing who you are and finding out who you are. I don't know if we've, we've maybe we have, but I feel like this will continue to evolve and change throughout your whole life probably. No, I'm not saying it's going to be like drastic. It maybe it is, maybe it isn't. <laughs> but I think it's an ongoing journey. Hundred percent. And I feel like whatever journey, whatever feels right for you, then follow that. Um, yeah. Because I I feel like when I was when we I was talking about we were talking about it just then I was thinking what if people are listening to this thinking oh I've really got to work out who I am before I start doing stuff which isn't really what we're saying. No. Um, we're talking about following what feels right, what feels good. And being honest with yourself about yeah, what feels right. Not doing good. something for the sake of doing it. Like you said at the beginning, mm. like being boxed in by college or following the crowd, that kind of thing. Um, it's about knowing and understanding that labels are not definitive. Because mm. I think that's another thing that can happen. Um Because I know that we all get put into... I mean, before going to training for as a performer and then you, you, we all get put into little boxes and stuff you know, mm. think about school being at school and you, you, we naturally break off into the cliques don't we if there's yeah. popular kids there's 
kids, you know, groups in the middle, groups at the bottom. What does that even mean? Do you mm. know what I mean? So my point is, long-winded, just follow what feels right because you're going to miss joy that way, I yeah. think. Yeah. And t- do one little thing that feels right. So saying to yourself, do you know what? I, I'm not going to go to the cruise edition this week. I'm going to go to Matthew Bourne's one. Just I'm just going to try it out, right? Mm. Just from doing that one thing that is a bit more exciting to you, feels a bit more authentic to you, you could meet someone in there that's actually like, do you know what, there's additions for this other show that you've never heard of. Maybe it's a smaller scale, but something that would really excite you and sounds good. And yeah. it's like... The, the minute you start to do things for yourself that are right for you and align with you, more things start to fall into place. Absolutely. Rather than just banging your head against a cruise ship wall. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm using cruise ships as an example because that was relevant to me. But Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Not, makes a lot of sense. Um, I think, have you just said this or I just made this up? This last point we've got right here. I don't know. No. You've got the notes. I have. (laughs) And I am looking at them, I promise. Um, Now, what it says here is knowing who you are and being confident in this can help you navigate the industry. Well, yeah. Let's just... I think... And it's also got a little sub thing of handling things like rejection. Because I think that's... For me, what that makes me think of is if you are doing something, going for an audition that you're not really 100% on this is a job you want to do really weird way of saying that if you're going up for an audition for something you're not 100% into and wanting to do the rejection will feel very different as mm. uh, as opposed to it being something that it's like this is the job that I've always wanted I think it's interesting to look at the the rejection aspect of that as well because thinking about now when I would get rejected from certain auditions or whatever mm. A lot of my thoughts were, oh no, my agent's going to be disappointed. Oh no, I'm not going to look good to the as like part of the graduating cast. All my friends have gone off and done cruise ships and whatever. I, like the bottom of my list was, oh no, I really wanted to do that. I don't actually even think I registered that, you know? Girl, it was, oh my God. Well, it's, it's true though. <laughs> and I, I think you get so swept up in that sort of world that you don't, stop to think what do yeah, I want to I, do I can understand that you do we do I think naturally as human beings we compare it doesn't make me sad that especially the agent part of that though that makes me feel a bit for me because I feel like I mean we've had we've we had Danny on last season mm. and it's a I've always believed that an agent is is a collaborative business partner at the mm. end of the day you, you're working together and I don't know I, I don't I can understand. To be fair to my agent, though, it I wasn't telling them that I didn't want to do cruise ships because I didn't understand that at that time. Mm. So naturally, they're going to be disappointed because they're putting me up for jobs they think I'm happy doing. Mm. It's not, you know. Maybe disappointed is just the word that's been pulled out because I feel like if I hadn't, I don't know, maybe it's just me, it's a Harry thing. But I feel like if I had an agent who was disappointing me when I didn't get a job, I'd be like, well, that's... Like surely you've got to understand that's the nature of this and like yeah yeah I don't know I, I wouldn't want it would probably affect me knowing that someone who was submitting me for roles was disappointed and I, that would be in the back of my mind the I, next time I went to something that may have been another cruise audition as the example is mm. and I'd be thinking like, well they were disappointed and just thinking of them in oh, I've got an image of them being in an office being like oh 
well I guess I'll submit them for that again which is just it's, again this is a Harry thing I think the yeah. more I'm talking about it but. I think uh, what I, I feel the urge to defend my mm. then agent because it maybe they weren't disappointed like I I felt like you I was letting them yeah, down yeah. by saying I I've been cut first round again that they hadn't done anything to necessarily say that or back that point up but that's just how I felt that's mm. how I that, that was my feeling like oh I'm gonna have to tell them I didn't get it and I'm gonna have to ring my mum and tell them I yeah, didn't get it I suppose that's the other side of it as well <clears throat> excuse me that my voice has gone all croaky <clears throat> um, no but the other side of that with you being a dancer and when you train as a dancer and you being an actor is that I suppose I wouldn't have to tell my agent if I hadn't got because I wouldn't know you know if I'd gone oh, through a commercial oh they would find out from you well, from, no, they would find out from the well, director they'd find out or they wouldn't find out it's more like they'd find right. out if it was a positive response if you didn't hear anything you're just going to carry on because it's, right. it's not a case of sort of getting cut that is you know, interesting. So no, I we guess, used to have to text our agent and yeah. be like, bring cat in this round. So that's different, isn't it? So I guess I can understand that makes more sense for you to be like, oh, I've got to tell them this. Whereas I wouldn't have to say anything because I wouldn't know about it. I'd just leave, I'd get on with my day mm. to an extent. Yeah. <laughs> Whilst overanalyzing the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I, did you ever. We really are sidetracking a bit, but this is, I think it's good conversation. Did you ever, with, when you signed up with your agent, get like a list of things that you would be happy to do and you wouldn't do? Because I don't know whether that's a thing that you do as a dancer. Because I, In when I signed with my first like... agent, I had like a list of things like, particular styles of job you'd like to do. Like, obviously, no, it went into many different factions of like uh, TAE, puppetry, whatever it might be. All sorts of different. Do you want to do films? No, that's fine. Like we won't put you up for those, or along with other things like, which maybe is slightly not uh, maybe it's irrelevant in this instance, but things like, are you happy to be, you know, shirtless or something? You know, like those kind. Of, mm. Are you happy to, you know, kiss another actor? Things like that. Because I got uh, these sheets and you could fill in what you were comfortable with and then they'd take that into account when they were submitting you for jobs. Did you have anything like that? I don't remember it being like a, a sheet that you filled out. I do remember doing a thing. It might have just been on Tagmin, but mm. it might not have been. I can't remember. Um, but I do remember having to like tell them, would you work topless, would you? Just because mm. of the nature of like showgirl work and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I remember doing that. But no... <laughs> Doesn't mean I didn't do it. I just don't remember. Mm. Um, just, but I just for those who don't know what Tagmin is, it's like a shared um, calendar esque so, thing oh, yeah. with an agent. It's like you put something in there, they'll be able to see it. They put something in there. You yeah, know, so you can know if you're busy, free when your auditions you are. You the details and measurements and everything. Yeah, all sorts of literally, info. You, especially for a doctor, <clears> you have to have your, your like height, your waist size, your inner leg size, yeah. blah, blah blah, just so to know. Like some castings will look for specific sizes for costumes, so they 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 wouldn't have to. Your agent wouldn't have to come back and find that out. They could just go into Tagmin. Yeah, just um, so people knew what that was. What was I saying though? Um, you were talking about um the tick sheet, and you don't remember having done one, but you might have done. Mm. Oh, I was gonna say, I all I think we really did in that sense was when you have your like initial interview like before they've officially offered you representation 
when they're just like mm. chatting with you yeah. they say this is what we see you doing this is what we would submit oh, you with for okay. and then you you say so mine's was cruise ships corporate work panels and I was like yeah <laughs> fair enough I guess that's I not know. a bad thing though is it because they will have a like this is yeah this is a route that we could go down with you based on what yeah we know we've got connections with like whatever it, else it was very transparent <coughs> at the start this is what we see you doing do you want to do the same yes no why mm. blah 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 and then that was an open conversation I just wish I could go back in time and be like no I want to be a ballet dancer please <laughs> <laughs> hindsight is a wonderful thing yeah. which is why identity in the industry is important that's 100%. a very nice rounding point there because you know if you had you know had that confidence knowledge to put that forward life could be very different right now you just don't know do you I know uh, not it's... that where we are is a bad place to be no I, I, <laughs> I do believe that everything happens for a reason and I'm happier yeah. now than I ever have been but I think I the reason I think this podcast is so important is because if I look back to training like before I started training training Zara and just graduated Zara like I was ignoring everything that was like the thing that excited me the most was to watch Nutcracker. On the, mm. I would watch every version from every ballet company of the Nutcracker just for fun in my spare time yeah. on YouTube all the time, all the time. Or I love to go to ballets. I love to watch contemporary companies. I never or I watch documentaries about the Moulin Rouge or mm. just living life in Paris or those sort of things. I would never ever be like what's life like on a cruise ship what's yeah like mt singing none of that was my thing it's not quality, and i yeah. even now i'm like why i want to go back and shake myself it's funny isn't it because it makes so much sense but when you're in such a whirlwind environment of training as well in particular which is a full-on fast-paced three years like three years it's a long time but it's also not it's a long not, time it goes by so fast yeah and especially if you're doing a course that's shorter than that because not all mm. courses are three years and you know any form of training it's quick one minute you're like wow uh, like i was here and now i'm here and mm. what's going on um but that's really yeah to, to look at that it's like yeah that makes a, a lot of sense i feel like you were leading into saying what well, well it's making me think of this anyway I'm going to reference this podcast with Catherine again coming in December. <laughs> uh, it was such a lovely thing to record, and we say it on the thing. And you, I'm going to quote you. You said, "I wish I could have had this, you know, however many years ago, because it yeah. was such a a good chat to have uh, and such a nice understanding place to come from." I think that's the thing. I think at the time, the reason I couldn't tune in onto my identity and who I was and who I wanted to be in in the industry is because my brain was so filled with like other people's opinions and what everyone else was doing mm -hmm. and what the casting directors wanted, what they were thinking, which is kind of what we speak to Catherine about, um, and then what what everyone else was doing that in my circle was quote unquote successful. You know, I wasn't I wasn't in the in the contemporary company circle per se I was in the cruise ship circle so it was mm. like it was very hard to look inward and say no I want something else and be okay with that so yeah. I just went with the flow yeah I can understand that it's uh, probably within my nature to do that as well <laughs> but I think I don't know I think I've always sort of found myself being like oh, I'm just going to do it because I enjoy it or <laughs> <laughs> 
in the end, but it takes yeah, it time takes a to, while get, to there. get there. Um, can we move on to this next kind of little section? Absolutely. Um, Go ahead. If we haven't actually done it already, maybe we have. We've really gone off on a tangent in this maybe one, haven't we? Have we have done this a bit already, actually. I've got a few bits written down here, which... Go on. It's kind of like... Go so on. we've kind of talked about self-worth and confidence already. Mm. Um, know what jobs are good for you. We've actually talked about that already. <laughs> we, we do our points without even needing the, the plan. Um, some of the stuff I wrote down, this is me at the beginning of brand image and marketing, but this is castability, isn't it? Yeah, well, this is what we ended up chatting about because mm. Harry was looking at identity in the industry as your castability. So, yeah, like, that's where I got and confused. It, it is a point of it because I say this with love, but if you're five foot 11 and you want to be Mickey Mouse, it's not going to happen because. Well, those mice are like four foot eleven performers, and that's just it is how it is. Crushed my dreams. I, tell <laughs> I, I don't actually know if that's true. I don't know how tall Mickey Mouse is, so six don't two. don't take my word for that. Go if you want to be. He's six two. He's not. But if you want to go be Mickey Mouse, you have to research that and find out how tall <laughs> they are. And in that that kind of situation, you need to look at that and say, okay, well, I can't work in a Disneyland park because I'm too tall, and that's just mm. the fact. So I either go be Mickey Mouse in another show where they will allow a big, tall Mickey Mouse or I do something else that I'm excited about, you know? Yeah. And so castability does play into your sort of image and identity in the in- industry. In a way. Yeah. It's it's more the realistic, like, mm. it's, you've got to be true to yourself, but be realistic within your skill yeah. set. I think this is one of the things we talked about when I was like, oh, okay, I realise I'm on the wrong track, is that, and I think we talked about this as an example, if you were trained as an opera singer, but you wanted to go do a bit of aerial work, you're not just going to jump straight into doing that. You need to do a bit of training. I mean, yeah, it doesn't... That, yeah. An extreme example, no? Well, that's but you, hard To be realistic... That- well, I, d- I don't... Mm. <laughs> Go on, so you want to I say. don't think it's unrealistic to say that you can't just change no, and you do I, that. I you 100% can. It's 100% realistic. I don't want <clears> you to <throat> tell yourself it's not. But you have to look at the facts and say, okay, well, I need to make sure I'm not going to kill myself when I'm on the silks, so I'm going to go get some training. Yes. Wow, now my castability (laughs) is silks. Woohoo! So Zara's put it in a better way than I did. (laughs) Uh, But that's what what I meant. You can't just... You're not going to successfully make that jump without researching, preparing, you know, being realistic about, okay, I need to put some work in here to make it... Of like a, a more of an attainable option mm-hmm. for what I want to do. It kind of goes into what we were saying about can you change your mind and what you want to do. Oh, yeah. 100%. Your identity in the industry can constantly change. Like, I could 100% go, if I wanted to, now that I've realised that I was chasing the wrong jobs, go back into the industry and work to get those jobs. Like, yeah. I could rebrand myself and whatever and do that, but... Yeah, it's just about. Uh, I think as well, just a little bit off side note off of that, mm. with the the castability and your whatever. Knowing sort of what jobs you want to do, roughly knowing a rough idea of where you want to go, it's going to help you do things like. 
and knowing your cast ability as well so knowing how tall you are how short you are how you look if you've got hair if you've not got hair like are you going to be a villain a good guy whatever mm. like knowing what jobs you can fit into and then out of those jobs that you fit into what ones you actually want to do it's going to help you with things like your headshots yeah and this is what thing, agent to get and what um like because everything's different you know Mm -hmm. Uh, like an acting headshot and a dance headshot are two very different things and for some reason I have more acting based headshots (laughs) do you really? I think so yeah I don't think they're really I think acting headshots are a really interesting thing to to try and get I think there's a lot I personally feel you really want to try and convey as many things as you are able to convey within Mm. what you want to convey we but could do I, a headshot one-on-one, couldn't we? And we could. I, I, f- I think headshots are very... A lot of headshots I see, I feel like, well, I feel like I'm just... I mean, to an extent, you are looking at the same person in different tops. But you really... Uh, for me, I, I like to look at headshots where people are like, wow, that kind of suggestion pops into my head. Same person, different T-shirt. But wow, that now you're giving me a totally different vibe. Yeah. Rather than... It's, it's very... I feel very judgmental saying it, but I do think there's a point to to it because, you know, if I was to sit there with a straight face, smiley face, whatever, and just go between a couple of different tops, like... Which is definitely what I think... I'm generalising here. Actually, no, I'm not going to say it. I was going to say it. Definitely what I did as a dancer graduating, Mm. you know? Headshots are quite hard, it's a, it's an again it's another it's there's there's replications of an audition environment I feel with headshots as mm. well like to go into a unknown environment camera in your face I hate headshots changing clothes making sure oh your hair's God. right or the light right okay look over here hold hold the little hamster <laughs> Did you do that? No. no that wasn't actually holding a hamster but it's one of the things that I remember doing in a session at some point. Or it's meant to like relax something or other. You know, photographers have, have techniques, and a good photographer, the photographer will make a difference yeah. as to how they help you feel, how they make the session run. It is an a good photographer thing, is it makes a hell of a difference. I'm sure you'd probably agree with that. From oh, the, the person well. who did my Benkin did my last set of headshots. He was so good because I'm so I'm not necessarily nervous in front of the camera. Like I love doing my portfolio shoots that are like more full body, more like. Mm. Um, editorial-esque yeah. but I hate the camera being this close to my face mm. it's like you can see all my paws <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to worry about that so I know it's so silly <laughs> I remember before my this is how silly it is actually I had something to say about your headshots as well okay. but I remember mine going, specifically yeah um, <laughs> I remember <laughs> going to get my first set of so I was in third well I'd finished second year. It was the summer going into third year, and yeah, that's yeah. when we got our head first set of headshots mm-hmm. done. And we went down to London. I went with my friend, and I was having like a really bad skin day. I was feeling rubbish, which is always the case when it's, it's headshot always. day. You do all the prep, all your cleansing, headshot day, Pimples. big spot, <laughs> middle of the forehead. Sorry, and carry on. I remember being so emotional and so like on edge I was angry I was sad I wanted to cry I was so stressed to get these stupid no not stupid but stupid headshots (laughs) right you know but again that that pressure came from oh well 
if you've got the best headshot, you're going to get a job. And it's not that simple. Like, mm. if I just relax into that and not worried so much about ticking everyone else's boxes, those headshots naturally would have been better. Yeah. And I remember getting the headshots back and hating them. Not because of my spots, because you couldn't see them at all. Just because I, I was so uptight and I was so, like, worried about them being right that I was like, oh. And then we, we went into college again in third year and everyone was comparing headshots and you did, like yeah but everyone was and we got feedback from the teachers and mine wasn't very good because they weren't very good because i was so stressed about these headshots it's just it's uh yeah but anyway I, oh, I, I think helping people with headshots is really beneficial because it makes such a difference for the rooms you get into mm. so we'll do a, quite a big thing for me what were you well, gonna say yeah i was gonna say um which again perfect for identity in the industry and I don't know if we've spoken about this before but you tell the story about how oh, yeah. you <laughs> you shaved off your beard for one of your headshots because that's just what you were told to do and that's you were just mm-hmm. like yeah every like have a beardy one and a no face one and then when you were speaking to I don't know if it was your agent at the time or just another agent they were like it's an interesting choice because you have a beard and that <laughs> that is how you're marketing yourself so why would you send me a headshot without a beard and you were like, oh. oh. Yeah, that was my third year. So we, again, like you said, you know, summer of second year into third year, we got our headshots, which was a stressful experience, but I did quite enjoy it overall. I think my headshots were all right. Um, I had some with, most with a beard, some without, because I was like, well, let's, you know, give variation. But predominantly I would have a beard. I wouldn't, if I was, unless I had to not have one, I would, have one mm-hmm. so and it was after so we did the showcase and everything in London and then it, this was must have been the first stage of meeting I had after my showcase uh, and she came she came to Birmingham actually so it was quite significant she saw a few of us and that was one of the first things she said she was like oh yeah like you said why have you picked this headshot when you have a beard because like, this is the this looks like what you want to present but then you have a beard and it was actually one of my tutors that helped me pick this headshot Mm. and I was kind of like well I remember my tutor saying that this is this is I think the most accurate representation of you and then it came to that moment it was almost a bit embarrassing because it's kind of like well you trust I trusted that yeah when it was kind of almost black and white that it wasn't black and white when you say it to you it's like well yeah of course that makes sense but I just can't think about that I didn't think about that which like you say plays very well into identity in the industry because it's like you know I do think it's important to get external opinions on your headshots I, I do think that is a good thing but don't forget your own opinion and, yeah. don't, and when I say external opinions, don't just get your mum and your gran. I could do a whole episode on this. Yeah. So I'm not going to say any more. <laughs> no, I actually think that's an interesting point because I don't know if you feel the same, right? But if my mum or my gran were to... I, my mum has photos up in the house from a portfolio shoot I did that I hate those photos. I hate them so much. But they're my mum's favourites, right? But because it's my mum and my gran and... and I'm like, well, like, you don't know anything about portfolio photos per se. You like, you're my mum's. So you're gonna think photos of me look good, regardless of even if I look rubbish. So I instantly go, well, no, I know my opinion. Like I, I'm putting my opinion about this above yours. So 
yeah, like whatever. I think we need to have that opinion a bit more, not maybe to that extent, with everyone, because then when it got to our tutors when we were training or our agents mm. or whatever, they mm. were like, no, I like this photo. Even though I didn't like it, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Whereas why don't you go, actually, no, I, I don't like it. This doesn't feel right to me. I like this one. How about this one that's compromised? What What don't you like about this one? Why wouldn't, you know? Like, you need to have an open dialogue about yeah. it. Because I think I, I, I completely agree with what you say, but I think sometimes when you go to the other side of that, we as individuals, having gone through a process that's stressful, that's frustrating, will then be like, well, I want to pick this one because this one looks the best. And as as good as that photo might be, it doesn't always mean that is what we look like. It, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That makes sense. Because you want to, if you have like the most glammed up photo that you've picked for your main headshot, and you walk in not looking like that headshot, it's going to be like, well, this is what I was expecting. And you're not looking like that. And that's like that can really put you on the back foot before you've even you opened your mouth to. or, you know, done a pirouette. I don't know. But anyway, let's move away from this. I know, we've gone really into headshots. <laughs> uh, but no, it's important. It's, yeah. it's a part of the, the bigger picture. Um, this is funny as well. I'm now looking at our third section of points and we've kind of done it. <laughs> I know, I do like, think we've covered everything. Uh, one thing we've got written down there is being typecast. Yeah. Which I think is an interesting point because if you are getting regular work in a certain area, I suppose you have to like maybe review things for yourself because, and let's use an extreme example right now. This may be a bad example, but let's take Dwayne Johnson, right? Really tall, muscular guy. Could not be Mickey Mouse. Could not be Mickey Mouse, right? He's doing primarily stuff that's a bit more action involved. He's a big leading guy kind of thing. Quotation marks, leading guy. If he didn't want to be that... Again, this is. I feel like the industry's trying to adapt into different ways a bit, maybe. But generally speaking... He's not going to be, like you say, Mickey Mouse. Mm. Now, if he really wanted to be Mickey Mouse, could he do something about that? Because then the other side of that is it makes me think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and obviously it's a bit before our time, but he came into the film industry and everything, and everyone was like, no, no one wants to, like, you're too big. Yeah. And now guys with muscles like that, you look at the Marvel Universe, everyone's, like, absolutely shredded. So it he paved a new path that allowed for something new. Even within that, like, remember we were watching him on the telly and he was talking about his accent mm, and how yeah. everyone was like, no one's going to work with you with that accent. Like, in, he, he was told to get an accent coach, but he did and like blah, 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 to get rid of his his accent. And in the end, that's what makes him. That's what makes... It's... it's a, and I think this is maybe because I've put, like, two different perspectives on this. Mm. Like... It comes back to the being realistic and like, are you going to really push through and fight for what you want? Mm. Or if you're happy, if, you're, if there's a contentness in what you're doing and you're getting regular work, then that, I think that do you comp? I guess my what I'm trying to ask, maybe I'm going to ask you this <laughs> do you compromise with yourself if you're in a position where you're working regularly, getting job after job? in something that you're suitable for in your current state mm. of whatever or do you then 
do you go for the thing that you really want? I don't know. That's, I think, to do. individual. I think it depends what you yeah, want. I think for me, personally, I would rather try and do the thing I really wanted to do and have never work again than to just keep doing something because it's paying the bills and it's just, you know, mm. it's kind it's kind of what I want to do. It's kind of in the ballpark and getting jobs, so I'll just keep doing it. Unless, unless it was maybe going to elevate me to where I wanted to go in the future, unless it was like a stepping stone, then for me, I would rather cut my losses and be like, no, I'm going to go after what I actually want. But that doesn't mean it's wrong to, if you're someone who's quite happy to do all the jobs and float yeah. like if 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 you're doing that and you're finding joy in your life doing that then keep doing it yeah, there's absolutely, absolutely right. nothing wrong with that but if you're doing that and you're you're like no like I was, I, I'm I'm doing it because I'm scared to stop doing it that's yeah. when you have to stop fully a creative inspiration like yeah creative impulse and if 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 you're doing it because you enjoy it keep doing it if you're doing it because you're scared of the other option not working or not knowing what else to do that's your that's enough to say no that's it take the risk and whatever it is you yeah you. that's nice i think that's a nice one to round off on actually yeah. this is a weird i don't even know if we can call this episode identity in the industry because it's like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well it started as identity in the industry i think there's a lot of good stuff in there though about, yeah it's a good chat yeah um Good chat, good chat. Finding, finding where you sit and following what you want to follow. Um, 100%. And I think, like we always say, or pretty much always say, if you find something in here that you like, please run take it, it yeah. run with it, go with it. If not, then don't worry about it or come back to it if you then find it's relevant. Mm. Um, if you want us to talk about any of the bits we've kind of, I was going to say, talk briefly quotation marks <laughs> definitely not briefly i.e. headshots or something else you know please let us know because I mean we do offer help with headshots as well outside of this yeah um, it's definitely but something I feel very passionate about like showreels all sorts like yeah portfolio stuff as well just to help you get in a good mindset pick the right clothes all these there's so many different factors even things like if, you, if you've got an edition and you're like, what on earth do I wear to this edition? Mm, yeah, absolutely. It, that we are pros. We've done too many editions to name. <laughs> Get in touch. But yeah, we could maybe do a, an episode or something about that potentially. Uh, but let us know if you want more of that. Um, yeah, I think that's a good place to round it off. Amazing. Amazing. Thanks for listening as always. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again next week. I want you to, if you have listened to this podcast and you've got to this point, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, go to our Instagram and whatever most recent post is, I want you to comment five monkey emojis. So we know you're the real, the real, the, you know, the real son. We know. Right. And no one else will know, but we'll know. It's like a secret code. Secret code. Cool. See you next week, monkeys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You have been listening to Tina Chat with Quartz Academy. If you have any questions or things you want to know, visit our website at www.quartzacademy.co.uk or email us info at quartzacademy.co.uk. 
You can also find us on our socials, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Thanks for listening. We're so happy you're here. See you next week. Bye. Bye.